trapping mimosa These bars in the holster Pouring up a drink Put my name on the poster Women who can rap Make you come a little closer Step out the whip Drop a tip to my chauffeur New guest on my list Champagne's by my hips It's time to get lit Y'all know what it is It's time to rap, 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 rap And mimosas Yay, and we are officially back, okay, you all, for another great episode of Rap and Mimosas. I have sitting here with me today, the lovely, the beautiful Alyssa Crawford. (laughs) Thank you, girl. Thank you for having me. Hi, everybody. I love this intro, too, by the way. Thank you, girl. You know, I did my homeboy helped me write a few of the lyrics i'm not gonna lie but i picked i had my little cadence going and i had the end um, oh yeah i love it thank you so for the people who don't know who you are can you tell the people just a little bit about who you are and then we're gonna go into how we know each other okay cool well hey everybody um i hope y'all are all doing well and recovering from a lovely three-day weekend and holiday Um, I'm Melissa Crawford. I am the Outreach Supervisor for the Minority Alliance for Advocating Community Awareness and Action, otherwise known as MACA Inc. I also serve as the Community HIV Advisory Representative for Area 2B, which is eight counties here in the Big Bend upper upper to mid panhandle region here in Florida. Okay, you said a mouthful there. Okay, so... (laughs) We know from that that you are very active and in the community when it comes to dealing with HIV, when it comes to AIDS, and that's what the organization deals with primarily, or is that the only thing they deal with? Um, No, so for my actual job, which is um, with MACA, the Minority Alliance for, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So MACA Inc., we are a a 501c3 nonprofit STD clinic that services the area 2B, which again is the greater mid to mid panhandle region here in Florida. Okay. Okay, cool. And then you also said that you are a representative. I want to make sure I heard you right because it was like a two in one and you are a representative. So what was that one? So that is the community HIV AIDS advisory group. So I'm the representative for CHAG. That's it's, it's acronymed as CHAG. So yes, I'm one two representatives here. Again, in the 2B area, which is eight counties here in the Panhandle, mid Panhandle region. What does that look like? Like what exactly do you all do exactly? Like as a representative, as within MACA, I know that's some, somewhat separate. What all do you do? So as the outreach supervisor, it is my job to basically like coordinate various activities. Like I'm basically like the community liaison um, far as organizations or other organizations to partner with us and create, you know, various awareness groups or seminars and different events centered on that. Um, For CHAG, I'm the representative. So basically, I am one of two voices for those who are living with HIV within the area of 2B, which is eight counties between Leon and seven other counties here in Florida. Okay, okay. So you're doing some good work in the community, girl. I'm trying, thank you. Well, I, <laughs> I see you doing your thing too. Hey, listen, I'll be trying, I'll be trying. That's right, girl, <laughs> I know that's right. I'm here for it. Thank you, I'm here for yours as well. I follow yes, you on Facebook. So for the background on us is we knew each other. We went to the same high school in South Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, and going to that same high school, we were actually in the same class as far as yeah. like graduated both the same year. I ain't gonna age us. Okay, but we graduated <laughs> the 
same year in high school. And, mm-hmm. you know, we had a few classes together. And the thing I always knew Alyssa for was like her smile. Like she was just always funky, bubbly, happy-go-lucky, and so on and so forth. So we became cool through class, like tell it how it is, but funny at the same time. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, Facebook kept us connected. And one day I was on Facebook and I saw you wrote this uh, announcement. I felt like it was an announcement because I didn't know, right, mm-hmm. that you had HIV. And I was like, mm-hmm. I was like, oh my goodness. And that not only that you had it, but that you were born with it. And I was like, oh, this is news to me. And I was mm-hmm. like, born with it, this happy-go-lucky. Because, you know, we have like an image, right, in our head that, you know, that people who have it can't be happy or smile or laugh. Um, mm-hmm. I won't say we, I'll speak for myself. I had that image, especially at that time, that people just like, life stops. So in my mind, it was a few things, of course, of just like, wow, what is that like to have been raised, like, you know, raised and, and live with them? And she was always so happy. And then, girl, you just been living your life, honestly. Like, as I followed you over the years, you done lived your life. You done, I saw you was engaged at one point. I, had, I saw all these different mm-hmm. things. So I wanted to have this conversation with you because I know that you're an advocate on putting a face towards it and showing like that it's possible to be happy and have a, yeah. a, a what people will consider to be a, a normal whatever normal is for everybody a normal life and mm-hmm. um also just because I want to make sure that it is an active conversation that in our community that we're still having um yeah. and possibly really inform some people because I think sometimes you know outside of Magic Johnson is not that many people that we could put as a face towards HIV. So you kind of, and everyone thinks Magic Johnson live a long time because he got money, right? (laughs) So it's not many everyday people. Um, So I guess I wanted to give you the space on the floor to kind of tell a little bit about your background with me not talking. (laughs) No, you know, listen, I can listen to you all day, actually. (laughs) Thank you. Yes. So thank you. Thank you for um, that beautiful spiel. Like that was very beautiful. Thank you for that. And Y'all know LaShondra, y'all see how she is, you know, on social media, if you know her in real life, she is whatever she presents. And it's beautiful, tall, long, and bold. And it's always been that since I've known her. Absolutely. But um, so, you know, I was raised in, I was born and raised in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, of course. I graduated Dillard High School, along with LaShondra, as she just said. And my childhood, honestly, like where I get like this spunk and this you know, this social butterflyismness that I have going on is really just because of my parents. You know, like I really was surrounded with a great deal of hope. I had like a very, I had a great support system with my overall family, to be honest. So, you know, I really can't, I can't, I could never be who I am without them. And of course, God and God for placing them with me. You know, it's just, it's a cycle. It's a cipher over here and it's just beautiful. And so, um, I always was like a social butterfly and I enjoyed participating in any activity as long as it did not involve reptiles. Okay. Yeah. I can't do no snakes, no lizards, nothing like that, you know, but anything else, I was always a daredevil willing to, you know, step out on faith and, you know, if it happens, it happens. I'm going to go happy, you know, just Mm -hmm. crazy. (laughs) But I moved to Tallahassee after I graduated Dillard at 18 and I went to, I came up here to attend Florida Agricultural Mechanical University, better known as FAMU, mm-hmm. of course. And in my sophomore year is when I decided to become an HIV 
AIDS activist and public speaker. Okay, all right. And like growing up, I guess, when did you, when did, when did they tell you? When did you realize that this was something, I guess, what was it like growing up with HIV in your system already? And, mm -hmm. you know, did that affect how you felt like you could interact with others? Did you tell people? Okay, so um, basically, I didn't learn that I had my virus until I was, I don't know, Oh, no, it's charging. Mm -hmm. Just kidding. Okay, so I didn't learn that I had HIV until I was like 10 years old when my mom sat me down to tell me about it. But, you know, when she told me, it wasn't a shock because I'm 10. I was a kid. I didn't know anything about it. Like, I, you know, I, I knew a little tiny bit through the grapevine, but, you know, it's just, I knew it wasn't something for me to go to school and tell anybody about. Mm -hmm. You know, as far as like a drastic shift in my life, I did not equate that to the same shock someone would get if they were just told they were adopted. You know, I didn't have that shock factor. I literally just, you know, okay, okay, everything's okay. Went and, you know, to the next room and watched television, you know, cartoons or whatnot. And the thing is, I was 10 years old. I learned about HIV, like really learned about it um, from an unhealthy standpoint in the sense that I was exposed to the stigma, the stigma revolving HIV you know once I learned about it you know it didn't shock me because I was still normal or whatever however was very normal to me as a child I was six a lot of times actually like a lot of us who was born with it a lot of us spent a lot of time in the hospital when we were younger you know but that was normal to me you know um, medication that was normal to me when I went to camp it's I went to a camp for kids born with it when I was a little girl Okay. And I went from seven to 13. And at that camp, again, all the kids are born with it. So in addition to me living my life, experiencing my personal sense of normalcy, I'm also being exposed to other kids that's, you know, that's also normal to me, which they were. And um, they're also taking medicine. So all of this was just very normal to me. You know, it was nothing that was out of the ordinary, like my cousin who was raised uh, we were very, we were raised very closely. So she's like a sister to me. She, she was the poster child for sickle cell, you know? So like being sick, being ill, like that was like just normal for me, you know? Like I did not think of anything. I didn't think of, I didn't think of, um, I just didn't think about it, you know? But when I got into middle school and I heard the kids, you know, saying bad things about it, not even, you know, connecting it to me or whatever the case may be, just hearing the hate the disgust, the anguish, the, you know, the malice towards it, you know, being exposed to the stigma part as a very fra fragile, you know, person, you know, I'm a young person growing up and developing and, you know, that adolescent point is very crucial. And so because of my exposure to HIV in the form of stigma, you know, that is kind of what made me go into like a little hole and shut down, not my socialism at all, but I went into what I consider isolation in that I tried to run away from HIV. So I tried to, you know, um, in some sense, go into a shell within my own self. So I guess run away from me, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. I didn't accept my status. I didn't, accept, um, I didn't accept anything that came with it. I stopped going to camp early. I became very um, rebellious. I became very angry, very, um, you know, just very, very lost, 
in a sense. You know, I didn't really know how to articulate any questions regarding it because all I knew was what how it was given to me, which was in the form of hate. And, you know, um, I just felt like if I tried to further myself or distance myself as much as possible, then maybe it can go away. You know, those lies that we tell each other sometimes, you know, out of, you know, um, guilt that I guess shouldn't even be there sometime or, you know, just or fear, you know. So, yeah, that's that's something that I experienced. And I was, again, a social butterfly. But when it came to HIV, um, at some point I stopped taking my medication. Mm. I you know, was very rude with my doctor and healthcare uh, team. I stopped talking to my friends at camp because I did not want to be associated with that or I did not want to be found out whatsoever. Um, at camp, when I was, um, the camp that I attended is an umbrella. And so the week that we went, let me back up, it's an umbrella. So it's a medical-based camp. Okay. So it's called Camp for All. And each week they service um, a demographic a particular demographic of kids, you know, each suffering with different ailments. So one week it'd be sickle cell, another week it'd be cancer, one week it'd be HIV, you know, kids being born with this illness. And um, it was a beautiful camp. It really was. Um, uh, you know, there I learned how to swim and horseback ride. I was introduced to networking, um, mm -hmm. fellowshipping with other people in the same situation who have became lifelong friends and acquaintances to me to this day. Uh, this camp had everything from zip lining to archery, you know, and a long list of exciting first time activities. And it was just very beautiful. And in addition to the camp also had a photographer that followed us around and took pictures. And at the end of the camp, you know, we all had yearbooks so to speak. Aww. So there are camp books. Yeah. And the last day before, you know, we all got on the bus, you know, head out to the airport, we um, would go around to each other's tables and sign each other's books, you know, leave sweet notes, leave our numbers and things like that. And those are very beautiful um, memorabilia for us, you know, because the next year when we did come to camp, if we, you know, came back, unfortunately, a lot of us, um, a lot, some of us wasn't able to come back the following year. You know, some of my friends passed away at a very early age, mm. you know, due to everything. And so, you know, it's just, it was just different. But what I say all that to say that when I was in middle school, it got out that I was in the book. I was the girl that was in the book with the kids with AIDS. Really? So this beautiful thing that, you know, is just so heartfelt you know, it became such an ugly thing, you know, for me. And I, I just felt like slime. I really tried to, I felt like I tried to scrub out, you know, just, just cleanse myself through hiding. That's how I felt. Yeah. So again, I stopped talking to like my friends. I just did not want to be affiliated with these rumors because I was already trying to, you know, hide. And then the cat kind of got out the bag and then, you know, just, it, it was just, it was a roller coaster which is also a reason why I decided to go public when I was 19, when I came up here to FAMU, you know, I felt like I ran so far away and I did so much to, you know, duck and dodge here and there, you know, somebody walked up to me and said something crazy or whatever, you know, I could like, oh, you know, easily like, you know, get out the situation, but it was still, it, it harbored over me, you know, it was like a spirit, you know, fear and, um, just fear. Fear is a spirit in itself. 
Yeah, you know. So yeah, girl, like I came up here at 18 and I felt like I finally had a sense of breath. Like I felt like I could breathe for real. Like I felt like I can start over. No one knows me. Like no one's gonna haunt me. Forget the taunting. Like just the fact that it was, you know, held over my head for I, I held it over my head actually. Yeah. You know, it wasn't even the kids. I mean, they they were included, they had some involvement, but it was really me. You know, and then my thing was, I didn't want, I didn't want another kid to go through what I experienced. Because mm-hmm. if another kid goes through what I experienced, who knows how they will make it out that hole? Mm-hmm. You know, everyone doesn't make it out. Like I literally had one of my friends take himself off of medication because he couldn't take it anymore. Oh man. Yeah. So you know, it was just. And, you know, I say all this to say, it's not like a, you know, a sob, a sad story. It's really like a place of empowerment, to be honest. Like, that's really like when I stepped out is I, everything just happened all at once. So I stopped going to camp early, my kids camp that I really enjoyed because that's when I got into, you know, my adolescent angry phase and everything like that. And then when I finally came off to school, you know, and I was able to like do some woo sign and everything like that, for lack of better words. Um, I just got back to reality and said, I want to probably get back in this community, but you know, um, play a play a vital role this time, you know, not just being a part of it because I had no choice but to hop in the circle. Like, no, I actually want to play a vital role this time. So I contacted my social worker and she said, okay, I asked her if I could be a counselor to the camp that I went to when I was a kid. She said, I can do that, but I would have to go to a leadership camp first. So I went thinking, I'm going oh, professionalism. I got that. <laughs> I got that, you know, but it wasn't that. It was basically like an extension of Camp Hope. And that's the name of the kids camp we went to, Camp Hope. So it was like, you know, the teenage version of Camp Hope, which was excellent. And it was so therapeutic with Chandra. Like, I cannot lie. Like, it was everything that I needed. And I didn't even know I needed it. Mm. You know, like, day one, I just was, like, after everything, all the festivities, you know, I think we're, like, in a cabin. Because we stayed on the University of Houston. So we went to some ranch or whatever, like, for dinner that night. And, like, all these volunteers just laughing and playing and hugging and dancing with us and everything. And it dawned on me, like, you know, these people know exactly why they're here. You know, I'm, I'm queen of volunteering. Okay. You know, I know what I sign up for and I know they do as well. Mm-hmm. So for them to know all of this and still love us or show love, ample love, unconditional love to us, you know, hugging us and everything like, you know, like, who am I not to accept myself if all these people, these beautiful strangers accept me, you know? So it was just like a personal reality check. And then Again, everything just happened at once. I accepted myself and then I said, you know what? I gotta, I gotta go public with this. I have to make sure that no one else is in this situation that I once was in. I, can't, I have to make sure or try to prevent someone else from drowning. Cause mm. I mean, you never know, girl. No, seriously. First of all, thank you for sharing like all of that, that backstory that, you know, I had no idea. Like I didn't know there was a, a camp you know, for children born with it. And that is a beautiful thing to hear. I think that's Mm -hmm. experience there sounds beautiful. I think it's so important to to have a space where, you know, especially for children where they can feel, you know, accepted, loved and cared for, um, especially in a case 
where, you know, the rest of the world is going to be, it's going to feel like the rest of the world might view you differently mm-hmm. because of something that you have no control over at that mm-hmm. point, you know, you had no, no choice in the matter, especially. So thank mm-hmm. you for sharing that. I, 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 there were a lot of gems in what you said that I think could be applicable to everybody, like, especially the acceptance piece, like the running away from yourself piece, um, and how eventually, no matter what, you can only run, but so long from who you are, the good, the bad, the in between, because at the end of the day, like, like it becomes a point where you gotta be like, man, fuck everybody. Like, fuck Mm -hmm. everybody else, honestly, like, this is me. This is this is who I am. And the people who gonna rock with it gonna rock with it. Absolutely, not gonna rock with it. They not gonna rock with it. But that's also such a hard place to get to, right? Like, oh yeah, I think it's definitely a make or break you uh, situation. You know, I think it's one of those various life make or break situations. Really coming face to face with your own personal truth. You know, good, bad, ugly, or indifferent. Yeah. Yeah, because it's, I know I like, I I struggle with stuff. Like, I could think back to a, a past decision I made and I'll start to beat myself. Why did I, you know, why did I do that? Why did I, why did I do that? Why did I allow myself to be in that position? Why did I hang out with that person? Why did I, why did I, why did I? And it's like, it's the past. Sometimes I just have to remind myself, girl, it happened already. Here's what you learned from it. Here's what you know you won't do going forward. And, you know, pray for the best, um, but also just the idea of acceptance with yourself mm-hmm. and to still be able to do it. I got to give you kudos because it's a lot of like people, two, three, four times the age that you were that can struggle with acceptance, but there you were at 19, right? Um, not only accepting yourself, but also you put it out there publicly and deciding to now become an athlete. Mm-hmm. I had to like everything just happened at once like when I said myself I don't know it was like an epiphany hit me you know I felt like you no know, I knew that I needed to be on, on the forefront of this you know as far as advocacy go I knew I needed to be an advocate I needed my voice was needed that's how I felt you know I didn't fit the stereotypical idea of what someone HIV positive you know looked like or is like, or anything like that, you know, and I just, I had to be a tool, like, it was just no question about it, like, I had to. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow, I love that, thank you, thank you, Um, so here you are at 19, you're sharing this information, and I remember the status, I remember seeing an outpour of just, like, love, on that status oh, yeah. and and things of that na- of that nature and I was just like wow you know like I I was like I admire her so much for doing mm-hmm. this Thank because you. no seriously because it's one of those things where it's just like I don't know if I could have done that especially at 19 right yeah, and you know people I get that as well and and I understand honestly like a year before I even turned 19 when I was 17 14 whatever I I, I felt the same way but I mean, you know, when the spirit touches you, you just have to go. It's it's no argument. It's no tug of war. It's just, it's just automatic. You know, you just go. And um, the thing is also, I spent so long, I spent a long time in isolation and my darkness was very, very dark. You know, it was very, it took a lot of steps to, you know, get out that tunnel, mm-hmm. you know, and I had to crawl first. And then when I, you know, was near the end, I got a little assistance to get out, yeah. you know, so I spent so 
so much time in that that um isolated space because again you know based on our interaction when we were in high school you would have never guessed that mm-hmm. you know that's something that I pushed so deep us uh, you know deep down and you know aside and everything so I did so much running and hiding from me and it's like for what like for what <laughs> Yeah. Um, honestly, I have something on my mirror. Sometimes it's mm-hmm. like when I look at myself in the mirror, and it, like I have like all these different little quotes. Sometimes, you know, you having like a oh yes, positive affirmations, mm-hmm. like different quotes. And one thing I put like fight for your joy, like because oh yes, I, I tell people all the time, like as you get older and life mm-hmm. starts to get gets to life in, right? It is mm-hmm. hard sometimes to fight for your joy like you don't like I, mm. I think as a kid I used to just think that joy was just something that you just always were gonna was gonna feel mm-hmm. and that even if there was and especially if there was nothing technically wrong right then mm-hmm. I could feel joy but then it was just like it's days where it's like no I have to choose joy I have yes to yes yes with how I set myself up for joy and happiness absolutely and, and yes my, my relationships with other people so absolutely after you did this did your relationships with other people who may have not originally known change at all um no like far as far as um like my friends and everything goes you know love just got stronger the bonds just got tighter you know people who were in support of me prior to the hiv like just literally just in support of me like you know like it, it was just an additive factor like okay they just they just really embrace me however prior to I did I prepared myself to be ostracized you know because of my experience before being public the reason why I even went into that isolational period of of, um my life I just knew you know just just going based on negativity you know I prepared myself based on the negativity that I indirectly received as a kid so I just knew I was going to be ostracized and you know like What's the guy's name? Ryan White. I knew I was going to be, you know, the black girl, Ryan White. (laughs) Okay. And I prepared myself for that. You know, at the time, still having a little fire in me was everything that people would say behind my back. Me being public is giving you an opportunity to say to my face. Now, that's what I wanted. Mm. Oh, yeah. That's what I wanted, you know. Um, But yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah girl like that's what I wanted yeah I was willing to um take it there just because I looked at it as um defending the little girl in me you know because I wish I could have hugged that little girl that's like that's the main reason why I'm public because I can't have a kid suffer like that on my watch Mm -hmm. you know like so I'm making my I've made myself available so you know the suffering doesn't have to be in silence you know letting people know that it's a support system out here for you and that trust me I get it absolutely Mm -hmm. how has dating been like because I know I saw you got a girl you was engaged at one point at one point every time I saw a post from from you I was like she lived out there living her best life (laughs) (laughs) oh yes and I do I wholeheartedly believe in that I believe in living it up like to the fullest if I can I definitely will Mm -hmm. um so yeah my dating life it was you know it's it's dating while HIV positive at the end of the day you know, you, you get some, you lose some. And the biggest thing is disclosure mm-hmm. because it opens you up to a very vulnerable realm of you. You know, I'm basically telling you my deepest, darkest secret and 
you can like just leave or, you know, not answer the phone or anything like that from here on out. And it, it, it's a little traumatizing, mm-hmm. you know, it's traumatizing. It's um, very hurtful. It's, you know, it's, it's hard. Definitely. So it's not the easiest. Let me just use that term. It's not the easiest, but, um, you know, has it, look, you know, my past boyfriends who I've, you know, had, they love me for me. And that's really all that mattered. You know, my sex was just fine. I was able to conceive a child normally, you know, like I, you know, mm, I don't know how far, how far we want to get into it, but you know, far, like, you know, like sex still. is like, a lot of times when I've went public, you know, a lot of times, you know, like a common question or inquiry is really, how do I have sex? And, you know, of course I use protection, but there's been times where I didn't have protection, you know, where I didn't use um, condoms and I've never infected any of my partners or anything like that. And another reason outside of being, you know, the face of HIV, you know, just to give people a different spin on, you know, what, what it may look like in a person or or how it's contracted, you know, just trying to really put a spin or shed light on um, this part of reality and wake people up who really have these outdated, you know, um, these the just outdated, uh, you know, uh, visuals and ideas and, you know, just this one lane um, far as what they believe HIV in somebody you know, looks like outside of Magic Johnson, because, you know, he's, he's clearly cured. You know, yeah. that's what everybody say. Exactly. He, he done found the cure. He done paid a million for a billion dollars and he has the cure, you know, which <laughs> that man, is, that man does not have no cure. He's undetectable. And mm-hmm. so that just goes back to the point I was making. In addition to being like the face of it, I also want to use my personal self as a teaching tool for it. And so basically to, so the teaching tool comes in, to also, I guess, oh, I'm getting tongue twisted, but basically like the unprotected sex part, because that's like a red flag to people who are, you know, not living with HIV, mm-hmm. you know, and I understand the misunderstanding or the lack of knowledge of things like that. And that's why I'm here, you know, so basically with HIV, um, we typically go to the doctor every three months or uh, with post-COVID, we we'll do like a doctor's visit every six months and then do a telehealth you know, the, you know, the months in between. So yeah, so we'll do a doctor's visit, telehealth visit, then doctor's visit at the six month period. So, you know, we're not going back and forth to doctor every three months, how we used to do when I was a child. Mm -hmm. Um, And basically like when we go for our lab work, they're testing for two major things outside of the enzymes and the liver enzymes, the kidneys and things like that. And seeing how the medication is metabolizing in our system. They're also looking at our CD4 count, which is our T helper cells. And these are the um, immune fighting or the immune defense cells. You know, these are cells that they help ward off, you know, various illnesses and pathogens that enter our bodies you know so if you have a cold that's when they you know kick in to make sure that you get over that cold within that same day or maybe two days um a small amount of t-cells you know you may be fighting that simple you know that common cold for maybe two weeks Mm -hmm. you know um outside of cd4 account which is our t-helper cells we're also checking for the viral load which is which means how much virus is in our system a goal, a medical goal for all infectious disease um, or HIV 
caring folk is that we want to remain, be and remain undetected. And undetected means that your uh, viral load is less than 20 copies. So per blood, you have less than 20 copies of the virus in your system, you know, and when you are undetected, the CDC has coined this term called undetectable, untran undetectable is untransmittable. So you equals you. You may have heard me say that like a few times on Facebook or whatever, or even my shirts that I made. Um, so you equals you and undetectable is untransmittable. Once you're undetected, you are no longer contagious as far as um, passing along the virus in the um, common ways such as you know, regular sex and um, breast milk and things like that. Now, if you're having sex, you know, like, and you know, like, you know, like we just have to use common sense here. We don't want to risk people like on a normal stance of sex and the normal um, bodily fluids where HIV was initially carried or can be carried. Um, if you are undetectable, you are untransmittable, which means you are no longer infectious or harmful to your partner or your infant or whatever the case may be okay and i've heard that before i've done research on that before and i've seen your statuses dealing with that before but thank you for sharing that with people who are out there um if there's someone maybe who has recently um realized that they now have hiv um or if there's a child out there, a teenager out there watching this and they have it, what advice, if any, would you give them as far as like continuing to live their best life? Oh, you better do it, baby, because who's going to do it for you? Hello? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's how I feel. You know, at any point, you can always, I'm one of the many liaisons we have here. Like when I first came out, like, we didn't really have a lot of kids born with it, you know, that was actively saying, hey, I'm here if you need me. Here's my hand. Here's my shoulder. You know, here's my number. Call on me. Any point, like, because, again, I I went so long running and hiding. And, again, like, um, you know, um, I kind of, like, excommunicated my friends and things like that. I, that's also a reason why I just go so hard you know, with my advocacy, or that's why, like, when I initially like, hit the um, ground, I hit it running, because, you know, I want to offset that, I want to be the exact opposite of that, and so, you know, we have various advocates out there, I'm definitely one, um, my Facebook is, of course, Alyssa Crawford, my Instagram is pretty positive, the number five, absolutely, because you're all, because I'm five stars, you know, you know what that means, Trina says oh. best, okay, but I want people who have anything to live their life as if they are the cream of the crop because they are you know no one can tell me anything about myself you know but you have to get to the point where you love yourself and so I am working on a um, empowerment company company you know I already have it going but I'm still you know doing the reconstructive period where I'm getting my website and everything taken care of but it's an empowerment brand of course called Pretty Positive mm -hmm. where I want to uplift those who are in not necessarily a rut but in a situation that others may call um a limit you mm. know because at one point I thought that you know HIV will limit me mm. but um it didn't it didn't actually it once I learned my bull you know grabbed it by the horn you know I, I I wrote that cowboy out you know I felt like you seen Avatar right yeah 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 and let me not get too metaphorical, this is the last one. But yeah, you know, like when he uh, got his braid and, 
you know, he, you know, put it with the little dinosaur and they connected. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Like the tail and they so. like did that connection uh-huh. and that became his dinosaur once he connected. Yes, with yes, it. yes, yes, yes. Yeah, that's that's exactly how I feel. And I think that that's what we have to, you know, become comfortable with, you know, just learning our full selves learning the parts that even the parts that we don't like learn it relearn it again unlearn that and then learn it again you know and then just get into it for real and like you know make yourself a force you know it's all within absolutely and for the people who don't have hiv um don't get it <laughs> okay that's the, that's the <laughs> advice don't get it but yeah. um, but what, like, if there's a stigma or anything out there, like a misconception that you want to, like, pop on ahead right now, what would you say it would be? Um, oh, boy, listen. <laughs> oh, man. Mm. You know, uh, people really do believe that people who are infected with HIV cannot live normal, fulfilling lives. And I wish I can, like, tell you or make you believe how much of a lie that is but you know you gotta follow me and maybe you'll find out on yourself um you know but definitely life is really what you make it people hiv is not the worst thing you know and again i'm speaking from someone who's hiv perspective i would love to be hiv negative i think that'd be cool as hell you know but you know it is what it is what i do know is that i have legs i have both lungs you know um i'm able to walk five steps without having to get on the oxygen machine. Um, I'm able to book a flight out the country, you know, and I like to have a mental break, you know, and these um, blessings, and I can't even call them small blessings. Mm. These overall blessings are just so fulfilling to me. Mm. And I'm just incredibly thankful for it. People who have HIV can have sex the normal way. We can give birth to children. Like we're in an era where HIV positive babies, born positive, are now birthing HIV negative babies. I have a baby and I even breastfed her. You know, that like technology, the medical advancements, they're they're like, they're on the move right now. Mm. You know, and oh no, my computer glitched. Advantage. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. I would say go back like five, five words. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, I was just saying like everyone, rest- I just encourage everybody to just take, um, medical, you know, just take advantage of what you have and be responsible for your own selves and not put your health in the responsibility of someone else's hands. Mm. You know, like, I think that's very important for people to be mindful of because I'm, I'm, I'm rare. You know, I'm where those who are open in public are rare as well. But like I said, I went to a camp with kids born with it. It's a lot of us out there. And that's just the, the bracket of people born with it. And then it's a, it's a larger family outside of that of people overall living with HIV. Everyone's not going to disclose their status to you. And outside of HIV, people are living with various other diseases that are communicable. Everyone's not going to tell their status. We just was in a, a pandemic, COVID vaccine, where people are actively, you know, living and breathing with COVID in their bodies at the moment and going to the grocery store. People are not, you know, mm-hmm. they're not going to tell what you think they should morally tell you. Mm-hmm. So I think, I think it's just very important for people to be responsible for their own health. Mm-hmm absolutely come on come on gems come on (laughs) 
come on motivational <laughs> all right and then before we get into this rap because you know you're about to spit these bars oh, Lord, Lord. yeah you ain't skip that part at all um <laughs> What do we have looking, what do we have to look forward to? Cause I know you mentioned um, the pretty positive. I know you mentioned following you on Facebook as well. Is there anything else you want the people to know um, on what they have to look forward to? Um, just health as well. And I will say I was a part of a panel earlier this year, uh, the 2022 Perinatal Roundtable, where it was like, like 200 or probably over 200 physicians on the call, um, on the conference and everything. And I was one of four women who was given, you know, the green light to breastfeed, you know, and we've always, we have um, research outside of the states that supports a positive mom in care, you know, breastfeeding and maintaining a healthy negative child. Um, but we're introducing it to America soon. So for those who are in the healthcare field, those who are physicians or studying doctors, um, those who have an interest in infectious disease, you know, be on the lookout for that. And yeah. All right, girl. Well, thank you for being on the show, girl. We got to drop these bars before you go, though. Okay. Okay. You go first, though. Oh, goodness. All right. Uh, all right. Okay. Let me go. My speaker thought it wasn't being used. LaShondra, girl, I love this hair. Thank it's you. so gorgeous, always. Girl, Absolutely. I, I took it out. The afro was extra afro. afro. I know that's right. I had to just like, I would just. <laughs> <laughs> it looks good, honey. I know that's right. Thank you. All right, let's see. Okay, can you hear it? Oh, yeah. Got Alyssa on the show today, talking about the health and the wealth. Uh, got Alyssa on the show today, talking about the health and the wealth. My girl is okay. representing that pretty positive. She got the bars and she dropping the mic. She making sure that people know the status and she making sure they keep it real on the graphics. Uh, and we keeping it going and we keeping it flowing. Yeah. Yeah, you know, that's for the girls who we always find. <laughs> hey, bro, I don't know if I can compete with that, LaShondra. I don't but know. But that bro. wasn't even nothing. I bet. I believe you. Yeah. All right. Uh, you came off good and strong. Okay. All right, what you got? Okay. Okay. Yeah, I'm on LaShondra's show. Oh, ooh, I'm on LaShondra's show. Hey, talking about healthcare flow. Hey, AIDS, <laughs> healthcare flow. Hey, <laughs> that was that was it. Mic drop, mic drop. <laughs> Listen, I want to thank you so much again for coming on the show. For dropping thank you for having me. Yes, for dropping this knowledge and being so vulnerable. I love what you're doing. I respect what you're doing so much. Keep going, keep going, keep going. Okay. Thank you, girl. You do the same, girl. I be seeing you. I, I'm seeing you, and I'm definitely rooting for you, LaShondra. Keep it going, girl. I'm very proud of you. Oh, thank you. Look at all absolutely. this feminine love. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> you know what's going on. You know the vibes. I always have vibes. <laughs> yes, ma'am. I like to end my show the same way I started. 
And that is sponsoring the hoster, pouring up a drink, put my name on the poster. Women who can rap make you come a little closer. Step out the whip, drop a tip to my chauffeur. New guest on my list, champagne's by my hips. It's time to get lit. Y'all know what it is. It's time to rap, 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 and my mother's. Thanks for okay. Good job. <laughs>